Amen. Merry Christmas, everyone. Welcome to Christmas season here at ICC. Uh, so glad that God has brought you to uh, join together in worship with us uh, this morning and this season. Uh, Jesus has something uh, specific for you and the opportunity uh, that this Christmas holds. Uh, what I want to begin talking about today is the idea of peace, that idea that we just sung about uh, there at the end of that beautiful hymn, Silent Night. The idea of peace that because Jesus came in peace and bringing peace, we now have the opportunity this Christmas to live in peace. Because Jesus came in peace and he came bringing peace, we now have the opportunity to live in peace this Christmas season. Uh, I was kind of trying to think about how I wanted to start out today, and I think it's always interesting. Uh, whenever I think back about the holiday season, I always have some specific uh, memories that come to mind. And if you were like me, a kid growing up in the late 80s, early 90s, in any uh, Baptist church in America, you probably had the opportunity to participate in the uh, Christmas pageant. Do you know what I'm talking about? You know, uh, the Christmas pageant, that was definitely a fixture of the Baptist church during that season. Uh, it would be a time where all of our favorite uh, Christmas carols would be sung. Uh, you know, you would have all these different songs in this large performance. Uh, it would be a night where you would really think uh, deeply, or in my case, my mom, I think my mic's going a little crazy up here. Does it sound weird? Can you I don't know. So my mom would really think about uh, what Christmas sweater I was going to wear. If you know, there'd probably be a turtleneck under it, you know, all the way around. Uh, that was a really important thing. You could guarantee uh, that somebody was going to dress up like Mary and Joseph, and there was probably going to be a baby uh, freshly born in the church that would wind up playing uh, Jesus that year. Uh, maybe you would even have live animals in your Christmas pageant. You know, that was that was a thing sometimes. We didn't ever have that at our church. We weren't that hardcore, uh, but that was a cool thing. And there was definitely a guarantee every year that I was going to be hopeful as a little boy in our church choir. I was going to be hopeful that that year was going to be the year that I was going to get a Christmas solo. That was really, that was awesome. Uh, I think we actually may have, thanks to my mom, maybe a little bit of video of one of my Christmas pageants. This is my dad actually singing with a bunch of his kids. Thanks to my mom who instead of sending me the photo. Special memory. My mom will love that I use this this morning. This was the first uh, solo I ever sang in a church, and it's a miracle that they asked me to ever do it again. It was really, really fun. But I had those memories. Maybe uh, even seeing this video a little bit brought to life some memories that you have as a child or just time spent with family uh, during the Christmas season. It was a really special time for our family. If, I, if you know me, uh, you probably know that I don't have a great memory. Uh, I'm really good at leaving things places, forgetting about things. I just don't have an awesome memory. I don't remember a ton about my childhood. I don't even remember a lot about my dad since he passed away, but I, I do remember like these moments as a child uh, standing on that stage or getting ready with my family, looking forward to the Christmas celebration, the Christmas pageant that we would have every year. I think there's a really significant memory that comes to mind 
as I think about this, and this was a point probably in every uh, Christmas pageant you've ever seen that has always happened and taken place. It's a moment where uh, oftentimes, maybe in a, a stable-type setting, Mary is holding baby Jesus, usually Joseph standing behind her, Mary holding baby Jesus, looking at him. You can almost imagine in those moments, Mary in the stable that night, holding Jesus, coddling him, the Son of God, the Messiah, Emmanuel, God with us, holding him, and in a moment of peace, in a moment of rest after the childbearing, and just marvel and amazement that he had really come. That moment was always really special in the Christmas pageant. Usually there'll be a song sung like, uh, not mine, away in the manger, but away uh, in the manger or maybe Silent Night, uh, like with the band Let Us In a little bit ago. Uh, and you can just imagine that, that scene, Mary, that night holding that baby, Silent Night, Holy Night, all is calm, all is bright. Amazing, amazing picture, especially when you consider for Jesus, uh, you know, when you consider the rest of his ministry, um, he would be surrounded by other people. Most of his ministry would be consumed by crowds. But in this moment, it was just an intimate moment of peace between he and his mother and Joseph. Uh, I want you to hold that image in your mind this morning as we begin the journey through the Christmas story. Uh, a moment of, of peace, of Christ coming. If you open your Bibles with me to Luke uh, chapter 2, we're going to look at verses 1 through 7 passage of Christ coming here in Luke, uh, just written in such simplicity, the most complex of events in all of human history, and yet the greatest simplicity here in just these few verses. It says, in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his hometown. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David. He went there to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. This was the greatest miracle of all time, and it's just summed up in seven short verses here. Can you imagine Mary's anticipation? You can read about it if you flip back uh, to chapter one. There you see the Magnificat, or Mary's song, and she's celebrating the fact that God would choose her to bring the Christ child into the world. She calls on the reality that this, this moment was God's fulfillment of the longing of the hearts of all men. She calls in that song on the fact that this was a fulfillment of God's promise to his people. This was the greatest event in human history, the greatest announcement of all time. God made flesh the king of all kings, born as a child. 
It's really important, too, when you're thinking about this passage to put yourself in the context of Christ's coming. Uh, this was a moment in history uh, where there was great angst among the people of God. Uh, they had been dispersed by the Babylonians, and now they were oppressed by the Roman Empire. Uh, many people had turned away from God, and the religious pious were really leading uh, the religious culture uh, among the Jewish people at that time, where it was more about religious zealotry instead of actually seeking after the heart of God. Jesus was born into a time where the people of God were longing and anticipation, desiring for that promised Messiah that God had foretold would come through the Old Testament, that he had foretold that there would be a a person who would bring the people back to God, that he would right and restore what had been made wrong. This is the moment that Christ was being born into. Amazing moment. And yet the most complex of all events in human history happened in the most simple of ways, (laughs) summed up in these seven verses. Reading back there, verse six and seven, and while they were there, the time came for her to give birth and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for him in the end. But why such simplicity? Why would the King of Kings, Emmanuel, God with us, come in such a simple moment, a peaceful moment, in such a simple way? His whole life would be lived for others. You think about his ministry, it would be consumed by crowds. His miracles would draw masses to himself. But this most grand of miracles, God made flesh, was here in the greatest simplicity, in a moment of peace, alone with his mother, his earthly father, and probably some stable animals. What an amazing, amazing moment. What does this tell us about God? What does this tell us about the heart of God? What does the coming of Christ tell us about God's peace? This uh, coming of Christ, um, Prince of Peace coming to earth, uh, there's an interesting mirror, if you're familiar with the story, in Judges chapter 6. Uh, this is a story where uh, God comes to Gideon. It's a time again in Scripture where the people of God have turned away from the Lord, where they've put up idols and, and really rejected the Lord. The Lord had brought them out of Egypt, brought them through their wandering in the desert, and brought them into the promised land. And yet again, the people seek other gods besides the one true God. This is a moment of uh, real brokenness among the people of God. People of God are crying out, Lord, please, please heal our land. They're being oppressed, you see, by the Midianites, by the Amalekites, and by men from the east, and they're calling out to God, we're oppressed, save us, set us free. And yet, they're focused on their idols. They're focused on the things that they've put before the Lord. A time of real brokenness. And what happens in this uh, story, I'll just sum it up really quick. I encourage you to read it later, is... An angel of the Lord comes to Gideon and says, Gideon, you're a a godly man. You're the man we want to use to cleanse the nation of Israel from all its idols and to bring the people back to God and to drive out Midian and all that were oppressing them from the land. And Gideon says, whoa, like, I'm just a man. Like, I I, I can't do this. He's scared. And the angel of the Lord uh, gives him confidence. He leads him to offer this sacrifice to the Lord and the Lord would consume it and, and he would believe believe on the Lord. And you see Gideon's spirit rallied. You see his heart rallied and he, he believes on the Lord. He believes that God is a God who's going to bring peace to the land, who's going to bring these people back to himself. 
And uh, it's such a beautiful moment. Uh, Gideon builds an altar to the Lord, and uh, the Lord reveals this name in Scripture of himself. I love the names of God. If you've never done a study on it, I encourage you to. But here in Judges chapter 6, you see God reveal his name as Jehovah Shalom, the God of peace. In 623, it says, but the Lord said to him, peace be to you. Is it maybe an interesting parallel coming up in the Christmas story? Have you heard that somewhere else? Peace be to you. Do not fear, you shall not die. And Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it, the Lord is peace. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is peace. You see, God's helping us to know there that not only does he have the ability to bring peace to our lives, but he actually is the God of peace. Now, if you think about it, going back to the Christmas story, uh, like I said, some of those, uh, those like, uh, what is that called? Antennas might have gone up. That's what I was trying to think. Antennas, when I was reading that passage in Gideon, because there's a really unique parallel here that you see in the Christmas story. If you look just a few verses beyond seven where we stopped in Luke 2.10, It says, and an angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Fear not, fear not, shepherds. And in verse 14, it says, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those whom he is pleased. Isaiah 9, 6 calls Jesus the prince of peace in the foreshadowing of his coming. All these things pointing us to this unique nature of Christ's coming. You think about Jesus' world and his ministry. I've kind of maybe foreshadowed a little bit to it in what I said earlier, but his world would become incredibly chaotic, incredibly quickly. If you think about just a few verses later, the shepherds would come and they would tell the masses, they would go back to their town, tell the masses of whom it was foretold that was coming by the angels to them. You'd see the kings come and they would lay their gifts at Jesus's feet, the wise men. Teachers in the temple when Jesus was just a small boy would be amazed at the depths of his wisdom. But at his birth, you see peace. His life would be shared with the masses. He would be with the sick, the blind. He would be with the lame. He would be with the demon possessed, healing them. He would be with the scoffer and he would be with the religious zealot. But at his birth, there was peace. He would be given over to the crowds. They would put a cross on his back. They would march him up a hill. Masses watching him going to be crucified. They would hand him over to die. And they would put him on that tree and crucify him on that hill. But at his birth, like there was peace. I go back to thinking about that image of Mary just holding Jesus there in the stable, looking at him the prince of peace, knowing that prophecy of Isaiah and in a moment of rest, just believing that he truly had the ability to bring peace into her world as it was promised, as it was foretold. Amazing moment between a mother and a child that displays for us the reality for the season that God desires for us to live in peace, to know him, Jehovah Shalom, God made flesh who's come into this world, being born into peace, bringing peace so that we might have the peace of God and peace with God. 
For us, similar to Christ's ministry, but very different, this season brings crowds, it brings craziness, people are pressing in. If you went Good Friday shopping, you know that. It gets crazy this season. Life wants so much from you. Our culture is very consumeristic. People are wanting things of you. You might have 20 uh, Christmas parties that you're going to and other things going on in your life. You might be going through family turmoil right now. You might be struggling with addiction. You might be struggling with loss. You might be feeling all this crazy craziness pressing in on you, but a beautiful message of how Christ came bringing peace lets us know about the heart of God that he desires for us to have perfect peace this season. Jesus came in peace and bringing peace so that we might have and be able to live in the peace of God this Christmas season. As we look to the Christmas story, let us look to Jehovah Shalom, who was born into this world, the God of peace. He was born in peace. And this season, let us choose peace. There's an important message here uh, for those of us that are in Christ that we have access uh, to the God of peace. He comes bringing peace. But more, even more importantly than peace in this season, uh, Jesus comes um, bringing peace not only in the midst of life, but he comes bringing peace with God. Um, Writing what our sin has made wrong, calling us back to God, offering us a way to find hope and life in the midst of craziness and struggle. Peace with God, peace of God, peace in God this season. As you look to Christ in the Christmas story, I hope that you will see the peace of God. Thank you all. for those of y'all that don't know me. So Wednesday night, Robbie tried to call me, but I couldn't get back with him until Thursday morning. So on the way to work, I call him, and he's like, I have this opportunity for you Sunday at church. I was wondering if you could just share a testimony about peace and rest. And I'm like, okay, uh, so it's gonna be like an interview, right? You're gonna be like asking me questions. He's like, oh no, just 10 minutes of you talking. And I was like, is this like high school, college, like speech comm? Like what? (laughs) Um, So... I didn't hear anything that he said after that. It was like in one ear, out the other. My stomach just dropped. And then I was like, can you send that to me in an email? Yes, I'll do it. And then I went into work and puked. Not really. (laughs) 
But then I went home and I told my husband, I was like, so Robbie wants me to give this testimony Sunday. I have no idea what I'm like gonna do. And he's like, remember the last time you spoke in front of 300 people and you accidentally combined two words to mean a bad word? And I was like, oh great, this is gonna be awesome. Um, So anyways, hopefully today goes better than last time. But I've just been praying and asking that God would speak through me and that um, this would really be beneficial and effective for y'all and that I wouldn't cuss accidentally. Um, But anyways, I've just been thinking about peace and rest and the opposite of that is fear, anxiety, depression, um, just maybe even like on the lighter side, like restlessness. Um, And so I was thinking about times in my life when I've really felt that and struggled with those things and what how God has met me there. And I thought about when I was 16 and my dad passed away really unexpectedly and I was obviously devastated and just had a lot of loss and hurt in my heart. And how in that season I was so broken and desperate and scared. My mom was a single mom at that time. Hadn't, not a single mom, was married to my dad, but hadn't worked for 20 years, stayed at home with us. Like how was God gonna provide for my family? Like what was my life gonna look like? And um, I remember in that season just like being so desperate for God because I hadn't, I felt like I had nothing else. Like I just lost so much. And so I just really sought him and he met me there and just gave me so much peace and restored the loss in so many ways. Like even financially, like looking out for my family. And in that season, a lot of things in my life changed. Like I just in relationships and maybe like high school kind of sins, like I just realized that those things didn't matter and weren't fulfilling me. Like God was my true fulfillment. And then I was thinking about a few years ago, my husband now, Eric, he's awesome. If you don't know him, you should meet him. Um, But we were dating and we're talking about getting engaged and getting married and um, we're pretty serious, but we had this really hard season of like not being able to like relate very well relationally or emotionally and Um, in that season, like, since it was hard to do that, we just wanted to, like, connect physically, and, like, the weight of that sin in my life just caused a lot of, like, anxiety and, um, fear and even, like, depression in ways, and it eventually led to us breaking up, and so I, um, it was just so hard for me to deal with that sin and then the weight of that and just our relationship, but we're married now, so it worked out, um, But, so, I was just thinking about, like, what are ways in my life when I was in those really deep, dark places, like, how I sought the Lord and how He met me and how He gave me rest. And the main thing, which I still do every day, but I think is a super important just thing to say is just going to Him. Just, I just pray and I journal and I read my Bible and His Word is alive and active and it is peace to me whenever life is crazy. You just... I need that time daily to just seek the Lord and to even like worshiping, just playing worship music and just inviting the Spirit into my heart and into my life. But sometimes when you're in a really hard place, whether it's something that you can't control, like when I lost my dad or something you can't control, like the sin that I, like the weight of the sin that I was feeling, um, like it's really hard to go there alone. It's really hard to go to the Lord you feel so lost and so broken and so anxious, it's hard to get that peace on your own. And so I would just encourage all of you to go to friends, go to community. God calls us to um, 
lay hands on one another, confess our sins to one another, and pray for one another that we may be healed in James and um, in Proverbs, the abundant, in the abundance of counselors, there is victory. And in John, it talks about bringing things out of darkness into the light. And so um, I would just encourage all of you, if you're, I don't know where you are. I don't know if you have, I don't know everyone in this room. I don't know if you're really struggling with a loss that you have um, or really struggling with sin. But I would just encourage you sometimes in those really hard places it's so important to get people to pray for you and I remember just like talking to my friends about it and just being like I'm really struggling with this and this is the sin that's going on in my life can you just pray for me and just that's such like a relief and brings so much peace um and then just knowing that they're there to pray for you sometimes when we're struggling with sin it seems like it's easier to hide it it seems like it's easier to just keep it inside because you're going to hurt the people around you. But God knows us and he says to be honest and to confess our sin. And he knows that that's best for us. Um, And even in Luke, it says like what's hidden in darkness will be shouted from the housetops. Like God is going to, God knows your sin and it's already revealed to him, but um, eventually it's going to be revealed to other people as well. So the longer you hide it and that builds just the more unhealthy of a place you're going to be in. Um, So I just wanted to encourage y'all with that. And then just thinking about Christmas season like Robbie was talking about and how we can be so distracted by Christmas decorations um, (laughs) or parties or um, those difficult relationships uh, of family that's maybe hurt you or that annoying, I don't know, uh, aunt, uncle, in-law, whatever it is. Um, We can kind of revert to our old ways of the way that we treat them when we go home for the holidays or, um, you know, just being really distracted by the season. And when Robbie asked me to do this, my own heart was so convicted because I was like, peace and rest. Like, have I been practicing that at all this season? No. (laughs) So it was really good to just evaluate my own heart and to think through some things. Like even traveling over the holidays, it's really hard for me to like spend time in the Word daily and just seeking God. So I was just like, I really need to do that. I need to focus on that and really need to focus on like abiding in Him and like knowing the gift that Jesus is. We were singing the song, Nothing and No One Compares to You. And I was thinking, that's so true. Like I'm so thankful to God that we have this gift that nothing compares to whatever a loss, whatever hurt I've experienced. Like through that, I've just seen that like God is the best. Like the gift of Jesus is the best. So just focusing on that um, this season, I just really want to encourage each of you in with that family member that's hard to deal with. Like, they're probably really hurting and that's what makes them hard to deal with, you know? So love them, encourage them, um, be the love of Jesus to them, share the gift of Jesus with them. Um, Stop focusing so much on giving presents, but focusing on just sharing your heart with people. Um, So, yeah, I think I'm done. Thank you so much, Joy. Uh, well, I have no doubt that it was God's plan for, for you to share this mo- morning, even on such a, 
short notice <laughs> with some change of plans. Um, thanks for sharing your heart about how to have peace and rest this season. Uh, the encouragement of the Lord this morning is uh, Jesus came in peace and bringing peace so that we might have true peace this season. Um, just want to encourage you and invite you this morning as we start to move towards response. Um, we're going to move into a time of prayer. And uh, maybe you're not experiencing the peace of God right now. Uh, you can experience the peace of God in many ways. One of those ways uh, is if you don't have a relationship with God, if you uh, do not yet believe on Jesus, um, there's an offer from the Lord uh, of peace for you uh, today. Uh, scripture talks about how uh, we're dead in our trespasses and sins in Romans 6.23, uh, but we can uh, be made to newness of life in Jesus. And uh, this morning, that is the peace with God that the Lord offers to you. Uh, if you don't know him, uh, if you haven't ever uh, come into a relationship with him, I would love to talk with you more about that this morning. There's also uh, gonna be prayer counselors in the back uh, today that would love to talk with you more about what it means to truly have peace with God. But there's also the Jehovah Shalom, the peace of God uh, that comes uh, this season for those who do believe. And uh, the Lord doesn't want you to walk through this season in the craziness and anxiety and fear and depression and stress. He wants you to know the peace of Christ. Christ came in this unique way. I believe it, it has something to teach us uh, about God's humility, but also about the Lord's peace. And uh, this season, uh, to truly experience uh, the fullness that God has for you, I, I believe that you've got to choose peace. Choose the peace of the Lord and choose to live and walk in that this season.